um, talk to you about why I still believe. There are a lot of things that I've changed my mind about. Oh, so many. There are a lot of things I probably still will change my mind about because I certainly hope God's not going to leave me where I am. I hope he's going to keep moving me. And as uh, Alexander Campbell and Thomas Campbell warned us, they said, that's why we don't judge each other because it, where we are on our journey doesn't mean that's where they are. And so we, we, we do not condemn any man, but we just move at the speed God has called us. Those of, I think everybody watching knows that my background is science and I work with science. And later, next Sunday actually, after I preach, I got to take off and go do that again up in Ohio State. Um, well, for the state of Ohio. It's not Ohio State University this time. For the state of Ohio. Um, I usually do it this way. Let me just set it up. Uh, one of my favorite movies is Kirk Douglas and the Vikings. Now, you may have seen it. It won lots of awards. Now, I don't think it was acted very well, and I don't think the script was great, and I think the movie, quite frankly, is not all that interesting. But it's one of my favorites, because as you see the Viking ships coming up the fjord, and you see the galley slaves, my first thought is, Viking ships never had galley slaves. Not once, ever. But that's all right. I can let that go. Until in one shot as they pass by, you see one man's wearing a wristwatch. And I thought, this is my movie. I am looking forward to this movie. Later on during a fight scene, you see a jet contrail in the background. Another scene, very passionate scene. If you look behind them, you can see electric lines. Now, I love that because that's called an anachronism. It is not in the chronological order. So it's anachronism. It's against chronology. Uh, think of uh, Shakespeare's play Macbeth. I'm not an actor, so I'm allowed to say the word. You may not know that, but uh, it's considered bad luck to say the word if you're an actor. And so it's always referred to as the Scottish plea. Well, in Macbeth, in one of the opening, opening scenes, a man reports that he hears cannon fire. And he's letting them know, you know, we got to get ready. Which is, the, and that's a man you want. You want that man on your team. Because gunpowder wouldn't come to Scotland for another plus 300 plus years. So if he can hear cannon already, this is the guy you want. He will sort things out for you. Uh, there are also out of place things, such as Die Hard 2 takes place in Washington DC airport. Except when he runs to a payphone. And he makes a call, it says right there, Pacific Bell. Showing that somebody's continuity was not working. They, they did not set up. I can go on, as my wife will tell you. And, and in fact, we, we now have a new rule that I'm not allowed to, during movies, bring this up. Um, <laughs> but I, what if you were going on a trip to Egypt because you haven't been paying attention to the news, and you... You're listening to the guide and you trip over something and you start you know, moving the sand away and you realize, wait a minute, this is the top of, an, of a structure. And they, they, they uncover it and it's, it's a new pyramid. You know, it's not new, but it's new to the world's knowledge of pyramids. And it hasn't been opened. It hasn't been robbed, which is an amazing thing because most of them have been robbed several times. So they open it and they say, well, you're the one that found it. Would you like to go in first? And having never seen mummy movies, you say, sure. And you walk in, and there's a sarcophagus, and there's the, 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 the jars in which they put the organs, and this is, and you see the hieroglyphics, and you look over here, and there's a Buick, and you keep, and you, that's when you should stop and look over and say, 
we only have two possibilities now. One, the Egyptians built Buicks. Or two, um, somebody else has been in here. When I was reading the Bible and very skeptical, really not pleased with that, I came across one of the books that makes Christians break their promise. Because they say, I'm going to read through the Bible in a year. And they read Genesis and Exodus, and that's great. A lot of sex, drugs, and rock and roll in those two books. Those are, that's a, it's a great roller coaster. Then they hit Leviticus. Not so much interesting narrative. I saw a bunch of people, Christians on Twitter going, I heard somebody say Leviticus isn't interesting, and that's just wrong. And they're going, oh, that's horrible. There's all the steps of, you know, Christians, that does not help us. It does not help us to go after each other like that. So just stop it. And I would say so on Twitter, but that'd be me going after you. There was something I hit in Leviticus that made me go, wait a minute. Now, I'm going to do this out of order because we're going to go back to the first part of Leviticus 11 in a little bit. But right now, we're going to go mid-chapter. Leviticus 24. Now, he's giving a list of things you can eat and things you cannot. More on that next week. This week, Verse 24, you will make yourselves unclean by these. Whoever touches their carcasses will be unclean until evening. Whoever picks up one of their carcasses must wash their clothes, and they will be unclean until evening. Now, maybe that doesn't mean a whole lot to you, but it should. This is the first time that the concept of contamination and illness by touch is found. And it is about, let me just do some math here. This probably was written around 1100 BC, and we're, we're all the way into the 1700s and the early 1800s before the concept of germs, the concept of toxic material that you would touch, and uh, bacteria and alike. So we're a few thousand years too early, at least too early for this information. This is definitely a Buick in a pyramid, and it's not a one-off. We're going to show you... In the uh, 21 minutes I have left, Dave has bought a countdown clock and, and a stun gun, a tranquilizer dart. He's, he's a very much a belt and suspenders guy. He's going to make sure this happens. Um, and we love Dave. I mean, nobody's given more than Dave to, uh, to setting this thing up and getting, us, getting it working. Except Kirsten, I think, is coming a close second, poor girl. Every week it's another thing. Hey, Kirsten. Um, and she takes care of it. Anyway. In case this is a one-off, we won't get too excited, but interesting, it says you will be unclean till evening. And let me explain a wee bit about the, that phrase in, in Hebrew and what it meant to the Jewish people. Um, it doesn't mean that if you picked up a dead dog and you moved it off the road at 6 o'clock that you can come home at 8. It means the next one. So it can be at least, it's going to be at least 24 hours. might be longer. Why? And then you're supposed to wash your hands, yes, but also your clothes. We know why now. When you pick up something, there's a puff. And you don't see it, you don't hear it, but it comes upon you. If you've been watching any of the CSIs and all those years, I never have seen one yet because I, I, I don't care for fiction. And it, anyway, there's a whole history behind how that's hurt judging people, because if juries don't get all of the stars and bells and whistles anymore, they're thinking, well, they must not be guilty. We're going, no, no, it's not the way it works in real life. Anyway, that puff comes on them. You know, if you're in the room, you're going to pick up 
trace DNA, you're going to pick up all this other. So God says, you got to wash your hands, you got to wash your body, you got to wash your clothes, and wait it out a day. Why? Because a day is normally all you need for most toxins and viruses. Bacteria will take longer, no question. They'll deal with some of that later. Right now, he's looking for viruses. He's looking for toxins. The, and I have no idea what it would do with COVID. If we followed the rules of Leviticus, we would not need flu shots because it would not be transmitted like it is. We would be washing. We would not be going into a room when we're sick. You know, it's a whole list of things. In Leviticus, thousands of years before, I mean, Joseph Lister, who did not invent Listerine, they just named it after him, had this crazy idea that doctors should wash their hands between patients. Back in, you know why doctors wear white coats? It was the same as butcher's aprons. Because you'd saw off a limb here, wipe your hands, go check somebody's mouth for sores. They don't have them, they'll get them. Then you'd wipe your hands like that and then go deliver a baby. And no wonder more Americans died during the Civil War of disease than died of cannon fire and rifles. Because there was no hygiene. None of this was in there. But it's in here. And that's shocking. By the way, Joseph Lister, whenever he pushed the concept of washing hands, uh, lost his medical license. Because he's, he's just talking crazy. We all know the diseases are called from West Wind, caused by West Winds, God's will, the four humors. They had a bunch of ideas, but little bugs you couldn't see. They didn't have that. Then, again, verse 21, uh, 29, anyone who picks up their carcasses must wash their clothes. They'll be unclean until evening. Uh, all right, so it's not, a, it's not a one-off. All right, verse 31, of all those that move along the ground, these are unclean for you. Now, why wasn't it that you're, you're not allowed to eat the things that crawl around the ground? That would be snake or rats or, or whatever. Why? Well, you live in a pre-hygiene society, and therefore there is human waste, there is animal waste, and when they walk through, they cannot clear that. And it gets into the system. This is not a um, touch them and you get sick thing only. In many of these, you couldn't eat them because if you did, the poison or toxins inside. Let's say that you ate out at a restaurant today and you got sick on Thursday with, with stomach upset and, and the like. You didn't get food poisoning because with food poisoning, you'll be sick within hours sometimes minutes. You might have picked up a virus, but even a virus is normally going to show up a lot faster. If you go from healthy to sick, it's almost always virus. If it's a, you're, you're healthy, a little bit less, a little bit less, then you're talking bacteria. That's just a general idea. But look at this. Verse 32. When one of them dies and falls on something, that article, whatever its use, will be unclean whether it's made of wood, cloth, hide, or sackcloth. Put it in the water, it'll be unclean until evening, and then it will be clean. Now, did you see that? It's not, you didn't touch them. They touched an article. Now you have to take that article and put it in water for at least 24 hours. Why? Most viruses can't live without oxygen. You know, they got to get it from somewhere. Same with most bacteria. This will not keep all diseases away, but it sure kept, in fact, God said, if you follow these rules, none of these diseases will befall you. And one of the great mysteries of history is why there are Jews. It's not anti-Jewish to say that. You know, we're, we're pro-Jew, but 
Where are the Phoenicians, the Philistines, the Sea Peoples, as they're called by historians? Um, where are the Jebusites? Where are the Amalekites? Where are, they're gone. The Jewish people survived when the others didn't because they didn't eat or live like the others did. Oh, by the way, did you notice wood, cloth, hide, or sackcloth? What's missing? Metal. You can wash metal. There's no absorption. All of these others absorb. Rather like um, guys, because women are born knowing better. Guys, have you ever put the extra spaghetti sauce in Tupperware? What happens? You immediately have red or pink Tupperware. Why? Well, there are acids and, tomato and, and tomatoes, but the fact is, it's permeable. It's not a perfect seal. That's why you have mystery Tupperware that you open up and go, oh, that's bad. And then you invite everybody else to smell it. I don't get that. I don't know at all. If I'm uncomfortable, I hit my head in a window, I'll do something else. But there's something else not mentioned in that list, and that is clay. Oh, here it is. Verse 33. If one of them falls into a clay pot, everything in it will be unclean, and you must break the pot. Why? There was no way to seal the clay pottery in the day. They didn't have the glazings we have. They didn't have the ability. They had the ability to do the firings to get it up to a good temperature. But these are people on the move. They're not building kilns. They're moving. They can't do that. There are, there, uh, emergency room physicians will tell you that there are a certain number of admissions every year that the bubble doesn't change that much. Uh, people will come in with a variety of, of symptoms, but they may include hair loss, sudden hair change to gray, uh, maybe coming out in clumps, their uh, diarrhea, they're having, and where else on Sunday morning do you hear these words? Um, it might be vomiting, uh, mood swings, terrible headaches, and on. And if it's an emergency room physician, not just a physician in rotation, they know certain quick questions to ask. And one of them, has you been out of the country? Did you buy any souvenirs? Are you drinking out of them? Because it's heavy metal toxicity. It's unclean clay. Well, God wouldn't let them do it that way. And on this, an animal comes, right? He's running through... Hits one of your spoons, it does this little somersaulty thing, lands in the pot, your supper's over, and you have to break the pot. And that might be the only pot you've ever owned. You couldn't go out to the pot store. All right, that's changed meaning. Um, <clears throat> dude, you, you, you couldn't go out just to buy clay pots. Those, those things had to be made, they were expensive. And I'm not making up history, I'm not trying to... Um, I'm not trying to say this was a good thing. It was a bad thing in all ways. But back in the day, you could get a pretty good wife for three pots. They were precious. And now, just because a mouse took a detour through your kitchen, you're one of those little two-pot hussies that live down the street. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? It is a loss of status. <clears throat> it's a loss of efficiency. It's a loss of capability. And yet God said, no. Break that pot. That pot cannot be used. The only way this makes sense is if the writer of this understands the transmission of disease. And by touching, even as a run by what it does. And he's not done, by the way. <clears throat> oh, no. Verse 34. 
Any food you're allowed to eat that has come into contact with water from the pot is unclean. Here we go. All right. Mouse takes a detour, hits the spoon. Spoon flips into the pot. Everything in the pot has to be thrown out. The pot is broken. Are we done? No. When the spoon get it, dropped in, did it splash? A little. What did it splash on? This. That's gone. Notice this wasn't even a put it in the water. It's gone. Because you cannot clean pots by just putting them in water. There's a different way that clay is formed chemically. And it'll protect the viruses and toxins and hold them and it won't wash off. It becomes a part of the system. Think of people who die because they ate watermelons or um, lettuce from farms where the water was contaminated. You go home and you, you wash and then you eat it. No, it's inside. It's inside. And there's no way to wash that away. So this is, I don't know if you understand how staggering this is. This is more staggering than a Buick and a pyramid. This is staggering at every, every place. And then verse 35, oh, he keeps writing. Anyone that one of their carcasses falls on becomes unclean. Okay, okay. Mouse runs through, hits a spoon. Spoon comes up, hits the, uh, inside the pot, throw away the pot, throw away the food. Splash, got to throw that away. Then over here, the mouse has a heart attack. Goes, eh. And I don't know if they actually make that noise, but they should. And whatever it falls on, that's unclean too. And the guy that picks it up and buries everything, he's got to wash all of his body, and he's got to wash his clothes and wait at least 24 hours before coming back in the community. My friends, that's great medical advice. And if people did this, we would slow the transmission of all disease because we would, oh, by the way, bubonic plague that wiped out more than 30% of humans in Europe would have been completely avoided had they followed those verses. They never thought to think about the mice. And so mice were everywhere. And a mouse in a house was considered a sign of good luck. It all goes back to where you had food that it wanted to get. So you must be lucky. It's not lucky. Um, I remember the first mouse I caught. We had mice in our first apartment and set out the traps. And Cammie goes, well, will that kill them? And I went, yes. She goes, is there any other way? And I said, we've tried negotiation. <clears throat> we even had arbitration. No. And then she hears a snap, and I'm not going to look at it. Like, well, you want to, because if it's wounded, it's dangerous now. It'll pull a knife on you. So I, I went in, and it was still flipping about, and she was just going, oh, no, what are you going to do with it? And I said, um, maybe I shouldn't tell you, but it won't be eating. Took it out, threw it in the trash. Well, anybody out there saying, oh, you killed the poor mouse. No, I saved us from bubonic plague. So I'm a hero. Not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> there's, there's more. Um, whatever is fallen on, and then he adds, an oven or cooking pot must be broken up. They are unclean. You are to regard them as unclean. Now, remember, your stuff was outside. So you come in the morning, and a rat's found its way in there. You know, in America, a squirrel or a possum or something. You got to break the oven. You can't use it again because it's just unsafe. These, this, you can hear, almost hear the gasp and the What? of the women when this is being read because they're going, how do I feed my family? Husbands are thinking the same. You know, how, do, how do I feed my family? But he goes further. 
verse 36. A spring, however, or a cistern for collecting water remains clean. But anyone who touches one of these carcasses is unclean. All right, here we go. You've got, let's just call it a barrel. They didn't have barrels, but let's just say, right? You got a barrel for collecting water so that you've got that water for your family. If uh, in the Caribbean, for example, you can't drill, I don't think any island down there, you can drill through and get fresh water. You have to get rainwater and you have to have a desalinization plant. So let's just say rainwater. And you come out and the barrel's big and it's got a lot of water in it and there's a dead bird. You gotta reach in, you can pick up the dead bird. Now I'm unclean. My clothes are unclean. I have to go through the ritual. The water's fine. Why? Dilution. Dilution is an amazing thing. And you know, permeability, dilution, there are a lot of ways to express this. If you do the math, it is physically impossible for you to take a deep breath and not inhale at least one molecule, which in its existence traveled through the lungs of Jesus Christ. When you wash and take a bath, it is mathematically highly unlikely that you are not removing at least one molecule that was part of dirt on Cleopatra. Isn't that interesting? If, if that shocks you at all, just think of this. One person on the plane overdoes it on the perfume. Everybody smells it. Everybody. One poor lady beside me, she, she was violating the Geneva Conventions. It was that powerful. My nose is burning. My eyes are watering. I didn't say anything to her because I'm, for her, she was just wanting to be pretty. And about halfway through the flight, she got up and went to the restroom. And I'm going, <laughs> she went in to freshen up and apply more. <laughs> you know, God bless her. She, evidently, she didn't smell what we smelled. Right? That's all. But that gives you an example of how it spreads. When toxic material, bacteria or viruses hit the barrel of water or spring is even better, then you have enough dilution to where you're not going to get overwhelmed with a big dose of virus. Most of us get viruses, well, everybody gets viruses every day into our system or we create viruses. Um, we also have bacteria. We have pneumonia in our lungs at all times. It's at a certain load point. It becomes dangerous. And with dilution, you don't have a load point. See, now some of you are thinking, I don't really get the math of that. If so, how did they get it? But they got it. I can remember going to Appalachia, and they, they still had wells back there that you would lower the bucket. And that, to me, was the most fascinating thing ever. You know, and so I would go out and do that. But if I let it loose and the bucket smacked the water, some, anybody that's worked with wells know this, I was told, well, we can't use any water for the next couple, I don't know how long, couple hours or whatever, because you hit it, you troubled it, and the dirt and such from the bottom will come up. We have to wait till it all settles. It's in here too. How about this one? If a carcass falls, that mouse falls on any seeds that are be, to be planted, they're fine. They remain clean. But if water has been put on a seed and a carcass falls on it, it's unclean for you. Who told them about the permeability of seeds that they, they remain impermeable until water hits them and then they open up? And then it goes in and now it's inside the food. 
There is more science in Leviticus 11 than humankind came up with in a very long while. The first American president um, was killed because he got a cold. He had a bad cold, and so they had to keep bleeding him. That was a problem, too much blood. And that's the way we treated people, that and some horrible other things. Isn't it? And by the way, future generations will look back at the way we treat diseases and think, those barbarians, they will. But this is right. This is exactly right. It goes further, and it talks about more, but that's for next week. We'll, do, we'll be in Leviticus for at least two, two more weeks. Then we're going to move out and see some other things about why we believe it is very important that you understand that we don't go to the Bible for scientific information. This was written to them, a preliterate people by and large that are in motion in the desert with limited resources. We don't apply all of this to us, but when we do see science there that they could not have come up with on their own, that's when we go, where'd that come from? If we accept Moses as a writer of these books, or at least as the original writer of these books, Moses was an 80-year-old shepherd when he got his first job from God. I don't think he knows the science. And if you're thinking, well, through observation, tribes figure this out. No, no, we didn't. Not until after Pasteur, people like him, uh, Edward Jenner, uh, Jenner, who figured out virus, how to give you, uh, poke around here with, uh, cowpox so that you wouldn't get chicken pox and you wouldn't get smallpox and you know they figured out these things but it was uh, it wasn't chicken pox it was uh, cowpox to keep you from getting smallpox um, we it, that was 3,000 years later or near enough I'm going to close with this here's the thing and here's the thing which I kept thinking about as I read this through and again and again and again, about 30 some years ago now. He never tells them really why. It, it's like there's a cycle of being taboo. You've touched and you've touched and you've touched. But he never says there is sickness in the pot, although that phrase does show up in the scripture. Uh, he doesn't say, well, this is permeable, this is not. He doesn't say, well, because you can't wash it because of the chemical structure, the organic structure of it. He never says that to them. They have to take it on faith. We baptize people. And people ask me why. And I'll say because Jesus said to be baptized. And if you want to be baptized, no matter where you are in the world, we will find somebody who can get to you. And if we can't, these people are always happy to put me on a plane because great hilarity results. An adventure begins. Uh, why do we baptize? Because Jesus said to be why do my wife and I stay faithful to each other? Because Jesus said. You know, back in the 60s, people said, you know, all of this is over. Pfft. We're going to be free, free love, free sex. And what happened? An explosion of disease and broken hearts. Maybe God doesn't have to tell us why. He just has to tell us. We'll talk more next week. One more song, then I've asked Dutch to say the prayer again. Uh, he prayed last week, and he goes, you really, you're wanting me to do two in a week in a row? And I said, um, 
yes, but in full disclosure, I got mixed up. So I said, we still want you to do it. And he, he graciously agreed to do, to do the prayer. Uh, sometimes I get busy. Sometimes I forget. Please don't prepare the home yet. Um, I know about those. I'm going to, Chris, if you're going to let me, I'm going to check.